Hello and welcome back to the Irish Knicks Fan Podcast where we talk about beer, basketball and business and not necessarily in that order. I am your host, Bree Nevers, so let's get right into it. It feels so good to be back. Uh, I've been off sick the last couple of weeks with a bit of a flu and I just wanted to wait until I felt almost 100% before uh, sharing my thoughts on this historic eight-game win streak that we're currently on. And then I also, in this episode, wanted to talk about, uh, give you guys a bit of a personal update and talk about the importance of rest, recovery, and taking a pause when you need it. So buckle up and let's go. So eight games in a row, baby. Let's go. That's the fourth largest win streak in the last 30 seasons for the Knicks. And who's responsible? Well, it starts with the three-headed snake. Jalen, RJ, and Randall have been on an absolute tear. They're all averaging over 20 points each with five or six assists each they're playing for each other it's next man up one game rj will score 27 the next game it's julius's turn to score score 31 and then even when it's necessary for Jalen to not only run the show but step into more of a scoring role all of a sudden he'll drop 30 as well but it's not just about those three guys we've also had huge performances and had other people like quinton grimes and Emmanuel quickly and sad boy Jericho Sims like step up in a meaningful way especially over these last few games and it's been amazing to see I mean if you think of this basketball team as as a you know if you if you looked at it from an opponent's point of view they know that Julius is gonna be you know playing crazy power game basketball is going to get his points no matter what because he's too big he's too strong he's too skilled and he's going to get 20 20 points and you know eight or nine rebounds just for showing up to the game and if they if you also know that you have to deal with someone like rj who yes has his, his ups and downs but when he's locked in uh, is a problem is can hit threes can slash to the basket can play good defense and again if you fall asleep he's gonna make you pay he had some big mashes over this period too where he just took it to the basket with reckless abandon and dunked over two or three defenders it's great to see him back because that intensity has not been there and then when you on top of that if you have somebody like Jalen who you know his natural state is to be the floor general is to run the show is to keep everybody like calm and cool and calculated but then when he decides it's time for him to get his he can like I mean, every single game they talk about it. He is the single most efficient player from five to seven feet from the basket in the entire league. So he's a fucking killer. But I think the biggest thing that we need to point to, apart from the fact that we're actually finally addressing those basic things like, oh, I don't know, making your fucking free throws. Oh, I don't know, maybe not being the worst three-point shooting team in the entire league and actually starting to make some of them as well those things are great the and the and let's be honest most of the time the offense hasn't been our problem so far this season but what's really 
been the differentiating factor, the, the key difference, the key thing that's put us in this position to absolutely put the rest of the league on notice is our defense. Because even when we were blowing out the Golden State Warriors the other night by 38 points, the point was made that right now during this win streak for our guys, we are number one in five or six defensive categories in the whole league. Basically, over this eight-game stretch, we have been the most effective and the and and the best and the hottest team in the NBA, not even just in the Eastern Conference. So how many times when you've heard me go on the rant about this team have I talked about them pushing to the fringes of their potential? How many times have I mentioned about RJ saying, okay, yeah, he finished with 18 and six, but if he had just made three of the seven other shots that he missed, he'd be in the 20 point mark, 20 point kind of ball, ball field. Uh, he'd be in the 20 point range and, and people would be thinking about it differently. Or, yeah, okay, cool, uh, Julius, you scored like 19 points, but it was on rough efficiency. And actually, if you had just taken the ball to the basket and been the absolute force of nature that you are, maybe you wouldn't have to have worked so hard for every one of those points. Like, how many times have I mentioned that, like, Quentin Grimes, you know, had always been positioned as the potential secret weapon for this Knicks team. And that once he got his legs under him, he's going to be a problem because he's got one of the prettiest jump shots in the game. I've been talking about this. You can go back and listen. And it's just great to watch my guys, our guys, every one of the, every one of the guys that we have bookmarked since the beginning of the season, that if they could play at least to the lim to the fringes or limits of their potential that we were gonna surprise the motherfuckers this year, and we've done that. I mean, when we went to, against the the Kings to to continue this streak after our, our those first three games, and um, you know the Kings were coming into that game fully confident they were gonna kick the shit out of us. They. They were the in the top 10 in defense and offense for the whole league. And, you know, most people were saying that this was a team that they were going to be the surprise team of the league this year, that they were going to be the one to make the playoffs and, and you know, hurt some feelings in the summer. But we went in there and we kicked the living shit out of them. Jalen and RJ and Randall and Quick, and Quinton, everybody, everyone in that starting five, and including every, and also everyone off the bench that's now in that truly established nine-man rotation that, that Tibbs is clearly going to stick with now for the rest of the year, came into that game and said, oh, you think you're something? Wait and see. Because Julius Randle, for example, got kicked out of that game after losing his head, uh, called it and go his way in the third quarter, you know, on a side note, how the hell do you officiate for Julius Randle? Because really, he's so big and so strong that half the time, every single time he goes to the basket, he's getting fouled. But like you can't call every single foul or you're going to just foul out the entire team. And so they do have to balance it. It's like he's getting into like Shaq territory now in terms of how he's officiated. But he was kicked out of that game with 27 points by the third quarter alone. 
he was on an absolute tear. Like he could have had 50 in that game. I think he had like 16 points at the end of the first quarter alone. It was it was crazy. And I mean, RJ stepped up once once uh, Randall had been kicked out, and you know, and the game finished uh you know 112 99 but to be honest you know it was it wasn't even as close as that i mean rj finished with 27 and 9 so like when you've got two of the three in the in the three-headed snake um at 30 points uh, or close to 30 points each with Jalen at 18 i mean we're going to be a pretty hard team to beat and you know then we went into the next game which again this probably was the highlight of the season so far for me was was uh, a moment that Jalen had in this game. So we get, went against a struggling Chicago Bulls team, a team that are desperate and are trying to turn around, turn the season around. It hasn't clicked for them at all this year. And um, but Julius came in with that same killer mentality and finished the game with thirty-one points and thirteen rebounds. Uh, had another big first quarter and was just too big, too strong like he he's just he's unguardable and when he's actually making those shots and when he's actually like you know driving to the basket and not settling for those mid-rangers like there's nothing you can do and he knows it now he's fully stepped into that like power game and i know i keep talking about it but it's like it's it's lebron-esque it's lebron on the 2016 calves level like just there is nothing you can do to stop me, and I'm fully aware of it. And he absolutely demolished these guys. But look, the I mean, the whole team um, across the board, a three-headed snake, Quinton had another big game. Like, we we can almost guarantee that it, the our three guys are going to score almost 20 points and that either Quinton uh, or Quick are going to, you know, step up and score 20 as well. So, like... If that, as long as we can do that consistently, as I said, we're going to be a pretty hard team to beat. But in this game, not only did we were we shooting at a crazy efficiency, but the Bulls really gave it their best shot. I mean, both teams were shooting over fifty percent for this entire game, which is crazy. It's not like the the defense wasn't there either. Guys were just making shots. I mean, Demar Derozan on the Bulls is you know it having another crazy season even though the win the wins aren't there but the numbers are and he finished with 32 points and five five rebounds and just made tough shot after tough shot uh zach levine was was playing really well finished with like 24 points on super high efficiency as well like the bu- the bulls were giving it everything they had but for some reason even though the game finished 28 20 to us it never really seemed in question. It it just felt like, you know, the Bulls were throwing their haymakers, were, were giving it their absolute best shot, but we were always the like the sharper team, the first to the loose balls. We had this there's a there's a a poise and a conviction and a level of like just like I don't even like a, like almost like a zen that we've that we've reached here with our level of play that like it just never seemed like we were going to lose this game even though it was t- taken to overtime because the Bulls did try to make one big run in this game and and like and again ultimately we you know we didn't 
we we tied the game up with some clutch free throws by Julius Randle. Um, who else? And then in the overtime, we just took over and Jalen Brunson delivered one of the single best highlight plays of the entire season when he put Caruso on his ass with a crossover and nailed the dagger three to to win the game and it was incredible all i was i was just sitting there going sit the fuck down Caruso sit the fuck down like that was that was one of the best moments so far of this young nba season and and like if I didn't need another reason to love Jalen Brunson, uh, well, now I have one. Because fucking hell, like you'd be telling your kids about that play. It was something else. And again, we went <laughs> in a in a weird twist of fate. We actually were playing against the Bulls again. And um, the next, the like, I think what twenty four hours later, and or or I think two days later. But you know, we played again. Played in chicago again and my in my mind i was thinking about this like a prize fight right so in the first first game they gave it everything they had and they still lost and i think we broke their spirit because that was them playing at their absolute best and they couldn't do fucking anything to they still lost they still lost and in this game uh, they just didn't have that same fight. I think we had <laughs> we had deflated them. We had hurt some feelings, as we should. And like when a team is, you know, what that they like they've they I don't know they've won like five games all year, something like that. Like we we need to we need to beat the shit out of these teams, and we did in this case. I mean, RJ, it was RJ's turn in this game. Finished with twenty seven points, and uh, Jalen had twenty two as well. I mean. It just seems like we've got to this point now where like with that three-headed monster, it they it's just like, okay, it's my turn tonight. No, no, it's my turn. It's my turn. But it it just it all comes in the flow of the offense. Nobody's forcing shots anymore. And when they do get the open shot that they need to take within the flow of that offense, they're fucking making them. Like a lot of them. And it's Again, like I said, it's the defense that's making a huge difference as well. I mean, this game, so the last game was 128 to 120, so that was a very offensive game. This game was 114 to 91. We held the team to less than 100 points. I mean, I think that it's it's just so great to see that the guys are taking it so seriously and they're holding themselves accountable and the team as a whole is is playing as a unit and is like lifting each other up is playing with like I saw a, a post on the Knicks um, Instagram of this video a reel was like um, the vibes are immaculate they are fucking immaculate we're destroying teams like we destroyed their spirit in the last game and they they might as well have stayed home for this game the final score was one fourteen to ninety one as mentioned but like. This game was never in question. It was a complete blowout. Like the the Bulls, you know, they they really struggled to get up for this game, and it was because of the absolute beating that we gave them uh, a couple of nights before. And then we went into this game against the Pacers, the frisky Pacers, and um, you know, 
where you know the Pacers are not a gr- are not a good team. They've surprised a few people this year with their record. Um, but like I mean, this is a team that we should beat. And uh, if it wasn't, I mean, we did. The final score was one hundred nine to one hundred six, which actually kind of made it look a little closer than it actually was. I think for the most part, we had about a five to ten point cushion. I think that uh, if it wasn't for uh, Aaron Neesmith, who's an ex-Celtic, having the best game of his career, 23 points and 10 rebounds, um, this game would not have been even remotely close. Um, it was, you know, it like, it, again, the three-headed snake had come to play. Uh, Jalen Brunson's turn now to score 30 points. And we also had RJ with 24. Um, so, again, like... Some it's just it, it seems to be that next man up mentality. It's it's who's got it tonight, who doesn't. It's everything's in the flow of the offense. It's everything we're playing for each other, we're playing hard on defense, and more most importantly, we're playing to fucking win. And I feel like in that game against the Celtic or in the sorry, the Mavs, that's what like that fight that just drained out of us at halftime and then we just kind of reined in the rest of the game. I I will call that out right now. That that will never happen again this season. I feel like the tipping point, I mean, I'm sure you've, you've all heard that book by Malcolm Gladwell, The Tipping Point. Uh, it's kind of, you know, this saturation point where, you know, I guess where a new baseline is established and that everything kind of, is it's like a catalyst and everything kind of, um like bounds off of the new baseline that's what happened there and in this case it's like there's just when you watch these games especially when when i've been as sick as i have been and and it's been like it's been the one solace that i've had over these last few days is to watch guys that you're so invested in actually finally playing to the limits of their potential but to to still have the you know the perspective and the humility that it, to know that it's it's early in the season. I mean, um, still a lot more work to do. In, in the words of uh, Kobe, uh, the great Kobe Bryant, uh, job not finished. And but look, to go into this game against the Pacers, have another big big game by our uh, three headed snake, and you know just have an all-around strong team performance. I mean, it's worth noting that I think that while our three-headed snake have have kind of got to the point where they have established a new level of excellence that they expect from themselves every single night, and that it's gonna it's kind of a, a toss-up between Quick and Quinton about who's gonna be that fourth ancillary like or the additional player that's going to step up in that game it's like a fun game right it's we've got the the two two of them kind of fighting out to be that fourth person we've got uh sad boy jericho sims and and uh mitch fighting and competing for that center position and then we've got some other people kind of filling in the slots but like like this is a fun team this is a this is a team of highly competitive dogs that are going into each one of these games saying all right i need to 
earn and fight and claw for every single advantage that we can get and that you know at the end of the day it's not yes it's about you know me playing it to the best of my ability but that there's this real sense of team and togetherness and laughing and smiling and joy it's like if you could take certain elements of the 2016 Cavs team with LeBron, the, the level of physicality that they played with and, and just the overall offense, uh, offensive and defensive efficiency on both ends. And then you combine that with a bit of the joy and ball movement and, and like, <laughs> and now lately the shooting of the Warriors, like that's the Knicks is like some weird co combination of those two. And as I say that, you know, going into this game against the Warriors, now they were shorthanded, and you know, like when you're ever, whenever you're playing the Warriors without, uh, like without Steph, you always have to be aware that that like it, you know, it would have been a different game with Steph Curry because he just has so much gravity uh, and so much like that that he brings whenever he just even just steps onto the court, the whole game plan has to change, right? But we went into Golden State, or well, they were playing us at home, but we they went they came into the garden and we defended our house in a big way. We finished, we blew them out by 38 points. That is a statement. That is regardless of how shorthanded the, the Warriors were, it was still Warriors basketball. It was still the scheme. We still had to go in and actually beat that. That, like beat them we had to and to play at that level like where you know we, <laughs> it was just insane i mean like quick this was quick's turn to have a bit of a breakout performance he was five from five from three we had the three-headed snake and like an absolute you know having an absolute great performance as well Jalen brunson 21 points and you know, and we had like RJ and like with 20 plus, uh, we had like Julius with 20 plus. So basically like what, like five or six players just completely torching this shorthanded team. And like Steve Kerr had no answers for the New York Knicks, the New York fucking Knicks. We play, we did it. And I, I honestly think that we can, no matter what happens in the next game against the Raptors, I feel like we have shown that when everything is clicking and we're playing at the level that we're capable of, that we can compete and beat any team in the NBA. So are the Knicks back? <laughs> are we definitely going to make the playoffs and hurt some feelings? It's starting to feel that way. Definitely. So, well, what a, like, what a stretch of basketball um, ironic that it happened as I've been fighting this this flu, and it's just been so good to to watch the guys play with such happiness, such joy. The level of excellence that's been established, the level of execution, the the flow state in which everything is just operating within, and the fact that at the end of a thirty eight point victory against the current NBA champions, Jalen Brunson's on the mic, basically saying we still need to get better in every single way. So they're still humble. There's still like, there's still a bit of humility, uh, humility there. There's a bit of like understanding that as good as we have been, there's still ways in which we can get better. And, you know, that is inspiring. That is a leader 
doing what he should do, which is lead. That is the exactly the right mentality going into the re- to, to to finish out this year strong and to go into the second half of the season. This is even better than like my wildest expectations for this first half of the season. So let's keep it going. Let's see what happens. And uh, one more thing before we uh, jump into a little bit more of the personal side of this podcast is I have to give out another shout out to Mr. Sad Boy Sims. I'm so, so happy to see that you're getting that playing time. You are proving to yourself and to the team and to the rest of the league that you are a legitimate, like, cent- NBA level center. Like, you are playing good defense. You have moments of like, like scratch head moments where you've gotten up so high, even just for a rebound, that even the your opponents are going, "What? How? That? What?" <laughs> and to see you have some big blocks and some big defensive sequences. And then to just literally watch you flow to the basket, like you're you are the unsung hero of this team. You are one of my favorite players. And uh, uh, Jericho, Sad Boy Sims, uh, you know, please keep it up. And I am so so happy for you. I just want to see you go from strength to strength this season. Okay, guys. So that's it for this part of the podcast. When we come back, I'm going to give you a little bit of an update on kind of where I'm at. And I want to go on a bit of a ranty rant about the importance of taking a pause and the importance of rest and recovery as we're getting ready to go into 2023. So sit tight. And we're back. So I wanted to use a couple of minutes at the end of this episode just to talk about the importance of rest and recovery during times of adversity, because I have had a difficult few weeks and some big changes personally and professionally. And to top it all off, I've been as sick as I've probably been in a couple of years. Uh, A lot of the routines and the like activities and the structure and the level of discipline that I've held myself accountable to for most of this year um, have not been in place at all recently. Uh, I took so much pride in being the person that just would get shit done no matter how I was feeling. I mean, even during Sober October, if you remember, I worked out for 10 days uh, of that month with a stomach infection that made each workout uh, like a mental mental battle in itself. And uh, but I still got it done. And I could, I got to the end of sober October saying nothing is ever going to take you off this path. And maybe that was naive because I have life has kind of given me a couple of, uh, like a left hook hook and a couple of shots to the body lately. And, and I've had to take a little bit of time just to rest, recover, recharge and refocus. And I'm finally at the place now where I can, I feel a bit more like myself. Uh, that meant that brain fog has lifted and I can start looking forward to 2023 and uh, kind of getting back into some of those routines that have created so many amazing things for me this year. Um, you know, it, it's definitely felt weird. You know, I, I, I haven't been able to even post a podcast for 
10 plus days that that's not okay and and that's not I feel like I'm letting you down I feel like I'm breaking the promise that I made to myself and to you as the listeners in terms of the po- like the posting schedule and um, I mean it's been great while I've been sick to see our guys you know go on this big win streak but it was killing me not being able to you know post and react to most of these games as they happened and and to have even to have put like a you know put together an episode today where I had to you know give a breakdown of five games uh it like if anything it was just a reminder of a bit of slippage on my side and how I I really should have been able to do more but then you know even as I say that like it wouldn't have been possible. Like so much about posting this podcast is about my ability to articulate clearly what I'm trying to say and to do it in a fun and entertaining way. And I definitely did not have that in me while I was sick um, over this last week or so. And um, yeah, just had a lot of other stuff going on as well. But again, it it's not if setbacks in life are going to happen because it, it's when. And I always think that it's people's ability to be resilient and how they react to these shitty situations is what defines them, not the shitty situations themselves. And yeah, just wanted to say that, that it, sometimes it's okay to to give yourself a break, to to let, to kind of release the pressure, to to just take the time that you need because until you have that mental energy, that emotional energy, that physical and spiritual energy, until all of that's back in alignment, you're not going to be able to make the forward progress that you're trying to make. You're going to be running in place because you're you're just not going to be at that optimum, like in that optimum state that creates all of this amazing thing all of these amazing things that you are striving for and trying to bring out into the world if you're not there you know it's just not going to happen like it how many how many times have we talked about things working out exactly as they should and how many times have we talked about how when you are clear about your intent and the energy and the effort and everything that you're putting out into the world that you'll get it back tenfold because it's just you're it's just so undeniable and you know that that clarity is there and everything is pushing you forward and everything is is conspiring to to help you bring this shit into the world well when you're not in alignment and you're not at your best like that shit like i just i haven't felt that i haven't felt it for the last week or so as i've been recovering from this sickness and some other things that are happening in my personal and professional life have been major distractions and I've kind of I feel like I've kind of lost the run of myself a little bit and and I've, the gap between the person I was striving to become and the person that I f- feel like I had been these last week or so has gotten bigger and bigger and I've been pretty hard on myself about it and just thought why why am I doing that like I'm dealing with a lot and the best thing I can do is to take this time to rest, take this time to recover, take this time to 
reflect and recharge and to refocus my energy and all of, like that's like it's like it's crazy how like i know this is cheesy everybody says this but like the idea that we'll never even let our our body like our phone battery like like when have you ever let your phone go dead ever like when's the last time your phone died well no no no. do you have a charger do you have a charger shit urge plug it in how many times do we plug ourselves in how many times do we actually give our time our like have the grace and compassion to to allow ourselves those moments of like you know actually reset and recharge for ourselves like we do more for our phone than we do for ourselves it's crazy so i just wanted to say that i just want to say that look especially around christmas you know use this time to rest and recover use this time to spend quality time with your loved ones and the people that mean the most to you in your life use this time to reset recharge refocus and get clear on what you want to accomplish in 2023 and if you want to get a head start and you want to already be smashing it in the gym and and like establishing those routines again now ahead of everybody else cool go do that all power to you but if if you've been pushing as hard as i have this year this is the permission you've been waiting for to just take a load off it's okay it's okay you're you're everything you're striving for your master plan that that greatness that you're you're working so hard to unlock it's still there but you need to be mentally physically spiritually ready and able to tap into it and if you if you don't give your time yourself time to reestablish those things that 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 level of stability serenity like peace if you if you don't prioritize creating recreating that baseline then you won't be able to tap back in so we've got another i think we've got one more podcast uh between now and the end of the year uh that i'll post and in that podcast we'll talk about the in that episode we'll talk about you know 2023 goal setting routines holding ourselves accountable all that stuff like we won't call it a new year's resolution resolution episode because i don't believe in those but we'll we'll switch up the energy big time in the next episode and we'll put a plan in place to absolutely attack 2023 and make it the best year yet but for now take the time it's okay everything you want will still be there to chase in the new year so until next time guys merry christmas and let's go knicks